John chapter 8. And we're going to talk today about the fact that freedom is in dependence. Now this Friday, we're going to be, it's the 4th of July, and in the United States we celebrate Independence Day. This year it'll be the 238th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence when our national forefathers said uh, that we were establishing an independent nation, a nation independent of the rule of Great Britain. Now, I'm, I'm as grateful as anybody for what happened that day. I, I am very thankful that I am um, a citizen of the United States of America. I'm grateful for the freedoms that I, we enjoy in this country that are unlike any other place in the world. And I suppose that there would be many of you who would feel the same way and it would be appropriate for you to, to, uh, to say, I don't know, amen or something like that, which so be it. <clears throat> um, but there is a bit of a downside to uh, what I just described because built into the fabric of the culture of this nation is this idea or notion that independence equals freedom. And it has seeped into uh, our lives in ways that most of us are not aware. But we as a culture, we as a people, uh, are driven by this. I have yet to meet the person who doesn't want to be their own boss, have their own business. I have yet to meet the person that doesn't want to be, and in fact, uh, Starlene mentioned it this morning, uh, casually, independently wealthy. Well, you don't need anybody else's support or anything. You're on, you, you've got it all on your own. We want our burgers our way. <laughs> you ever heard somebody give an order at Starbucks? I mean, unique, this is, hey, nobody ever orders anything like this. This is my order, right? I want it my, so there's this, this kind of, mm, independence is what makes me free. Look, I know that there's part of that that's just human nature, and some of it is good. In fact, Sue and I, we raised our kids to desire to be independent of us. And if you're smart, you'll do the same thing. Because, <laughs> and the, the Word of God says that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they'll be one flesh. There's a part of this that's good and healthy, where, where, but in ways that are corruptive and distorted, Many of us find ourselves subtly under the influence of this idea that the more independent I get, the freer I am. And when it comes to God and your relationship to Him, if you bring that with you, you are in trouble. We need dependence on God. We, freedom is found in dependence. On him. Uh, Sue and I and several members of our family will be uh, heading this week to uh, our, uh, our little cabin. It's really, you've heard me say before, it's really nothing more than a shack. But it has this great view, two, a two-room shack. But it has a great view of this lake. And we're going to watch fireworks on the lake. It's going to be a great day. But while those fireworks are, are going off and the uh, you know, all of the patriotic music is playing and everything. I want to be careful 
that while I celebrate uh, the independence of our nation, that I, I purge my life of the ungodly parts of that uh, truth, or the, the, un, the, the false truth that's embedded in there, that I can find freedom through independence, because it can't, you can't either. You with me so far? All right, so I've asked you to turn to John chapter 8. We're going to start reading at verse 27. I'm going to do a little bit of Bible study with you, and then I'm going, to, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to make a little application, and then we'll be on our way to lunch. Does that sound all right? And it's on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, Jesus is involved in a conversation with scribes and Pharisees, religious leaders, who for the most part are pretty antagonistic towards Jesus. And so this conversation is a little uh, tinged with... Uh, adversarial tones we get to verse 27 he says they or the scripture says they did not understand that he Jesus spoke to them of the father he was talking about God the father and they were misunderstanding him then Jesus said to them when you lift up the son of man and he's prophesying now they don't know it but he's prophesying now about his crucifixion he says when you lift up the son of man he's referring to himself he's talking about the cross when you lift him up then you'll know that I am he. In other words, I am God. It's really, then you'll know I am. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has never left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Jesus was saying... You know, pretty soon here, you're going to find out that I am God. And you're going to recognize that I don't say anything. I don't do anything on my own. I am in complete and utter dependence upon my Father in heaven. I don't live independently in this world. I live dependent upon the Father. Verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. So now, notice, out of this crowd of antagonism and, you know, the, the, the Jewish religious leaders that are trying to, you know, get under Jesus' skin, there's a group of people who come to faith, and he addresses them now. He speaks to the people of faith. You and I, for the most part in this room, are people of faith. That's why you're here. And if you haven't crossed that boundary from doubt into faith today, or yet, I pray that this is that day, that this will be that day for you. That you, like these people we just read about, come to a point of belief that Jesus is the Son of God. But, but Jesus addresses those people who are believing in him, and he says, if you abide in me, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. The reason I said if you abide in me instead of you, if you abide in my word is because they are the same. When he says, when he uses the word word here in the English translation, it's, it, the Greek word behind it is logos or logos, depending upon which pronunciation scheme you're, you're uh, wanting to use. 
And it means the whole context or the whole counsel of what God is doing, what God is saying, what God is communicating, the logos of God. He's not just talking about some phrase or some, you know, statement or even limited to the, uh, to the scriptures that they had at the time. He's saying the whole of what God is saying and doing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God is up to something other than what we find in his word of God, uh, in his word. But at the time Jesus was saying this, noted they didn't have the New Testament. He was talking about the logos, the whole of what God is saying. If you abide in my logos, if you abide in my word, if you plant yourself, which is what that word means, abide, if you plant yourself, if you decide to stay put in the whole of my word and what I'm communicating, if you decide to make your, make your dwelling place my word, then you're my disciples. Because you see, that's what I do. I, I don't say anything but what I hear the Father saying. I don't do anything but what I hear the, Father, hear the Father doing. If you, in like fashion, abide in my word then you're my followers. You're doing what I do. Verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I think most people, you know, this, th that verse gets quoted an awful lot, and that's a good thing. But I think that most people, when they hear it, they think that there's some truth in here that if I could just find it and know it, then I'd be free. And I suppose there's a, there is an application of that that would be legit, which is the truth that Jesus is the Son of God and died for my sins. If I know that truth, then I am, uh, I am free from my sin. But it's really speaking about something more than that. It's saying that if I live in, if I dwell in, if I make my abode, my abiding place, the word of God, the whole counsel of God, if I live in it, if I am dependent upon it and ultimately upon him, that's where I find true freedom. It's not like I come to God and I'll take something from him, you know, you know some, some particular scripture or some particular insight or some particular blessing and then I go off on my independent way and live freely. I think a lot of us imagine our relationship with God like that, as though we come to him, get something, and then go on about our way. You know, it's like when I came to my dad one day and I said, Dad, I want you to buy me a car. <laughs> only, only a 16-year-old punk could, could say something like that. Somebody who has no concept of, of life. This guy, I mean, sad to say, this guy across the street from us died and his car was sitting in his front yard and nobody was driving it. So I said, Dad, I want you to buy me that car. <laughs> Crazy thing is, he did. <laughs> and I said, oh, thanks. And now I'm on my own, independent, on my car, you know. And, and it didn't even occur to me. See, I, I went to my dad for something that I thought then I could take and live a free life with. But, but the... The, the freedom that I was experiencing in that car on my own was completely tied to the guy paying the bills, only I didn't know it, right? How much better for us to understand that true freedom is not what I get and then take and try to make my own freedom. 
But when I live in, when I dwell in, when I abide in God, that's where true freedom has meaning. Verse um, 31, uh, where am I? 33. Now they answered him. So these people talk back to Jesus. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And I hear in these words something of that American independent thing want to rise up right there. How can you insinuate? We are, what do you mean? We are sons of Abraham. How can you insinuate that we would need to be free of anything? We've never been in bondage to anybody. Come on, get a clue. Right now, you're under the Roman rule, the rule of Rome. You're, uh, you're subject to Roman rule. And then Jesus goes on and says, uh, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Anybody here ever sinned? Don't you, don't you raise your hands. Okay. <laughs> if you've ever sinned, he said, you are under the thumb of, the, of sin. You're a slave to sin. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But, you know, sometimes we come off that way. Well, I'm an American. What do you mean? I don't need anybody. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. What are you talking about? I don't need anybody. And I, I just think the Lord wants to go after that this morning in the ways that most of us aren't even aware that it, it has impact on our lives. Verse 35, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. And he says this, a slave doesn't have a, the same relationship to the house that a son does. Therefore, if the son makes you free, he's talking about himself, it's capital S-O-N. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. All right, everybody with me so far? Lie to me. You're with me so far. Okay, good. I want to just make some application because we're talking about how freedom is independence. And I know there's an awful lot that could be said, but I'm going to deal with three areas of dependence upon God that bring freedom to my life. Like I said, it could be many more, but we're going to focus in on these three. The first of which is that depending on God's love frees me from guilt. So much destructive and horrible stuff that comes, that you know, emanates from our lives uh, is rooted in guilt and shame. So much of the stuff you hate about yourself, the things that you do that you wish you could change, come out of a sense of guilt and shame. Either trying to hide it or medicate the results of it or whatever, it's rooted there. But when I decide to plant myself, abide in the truth of the Logos of God that I am loved by God. When I decide to just drive a stake in the ground, abide in that truth, it brings freedom from guilt. Freedom from guilt. Psalm 103 verse 12 says that as far as the east is from the west. Did I get that right? 
East is from the West. That's how far God has separated my sin from me. Romans 8, 1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. He doesn't say there's less condemnation. He doesn't say there's a little. He says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. 1 John 1, 9 says, If I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me for all my sins. All sin has been dealt with at the cross of Christ. Planting myself, abiding in the love of God frees me from guilt. It also frees me from insecurity. 1 John uh, chapter 4, you, you don't need to, I'm just giving you these references for the heck of it, but uh, you don't have to look them up until later. But I would encourage you to read 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. It's a fantastic passage. But in there, it talks about how God is love and how God loves me. And because God loves me, I can love you. And I don't mean to say that that should be a challenge. <laughs> but most of the time it is, isn't it? To love other people is a challenge because we're afraid of them. We're afraid of what they'll do or how they'll let us down or what they won't do or whatever. We're afraid of people. But... The scripture says, when, because God loves me, and when I know that, when I have rooted myself in that truth, I can love you. Love me back, don't love me back, take advantage of me, bless me. Either way, I can love you because I have been loved. Depending on God's love also frees me from loneliness. You know, the idea, the concept of, of freedom through independence is a very lonely road but when I abide when I hang out when I live in the truth of God's love for me then I have these promises Matthew 28 20 that says I am with you always even to the end of the age Hebrews 13 5 I will never leave you or forsake you I don't know about you but that's that sounds pretty good to me. So depending on God's love frees us from guilt, insecurity, and loneliness. The other, another uh, aspect of dependence on God that I want to talk about is depending on God's wisdom. God's wisdom. When I depend, when I, when I rest on, and what I mean is that I'm all in. I rest on the love, wisdom, and then in a few minutes we're going to talk about power. I rest on the love, the wisdom, and power of God. That means I'm all in. If he, does, if he doesn't come through, if he's not loving, if he isn't wise or he isn't powerful, I'm done for. I, I don't have a second, I don't have a fallback position. I'm all in. And when I live my life that way, dependent upon him, these things are true. Depending on God's wisdom frees me from bondage. Have you ever felt like there was something that just had a hold, a grip on your life? That you just couldn't get out from under? You find yourself repeating the same behaviors over and over again? Haven't I been here before? How did I get here again? That whole thing? When I depend upon the wisdom of God 
as demonstrated in his word that you hold there in your hands or is on your phone or, or tablet, there is freedom from bondage. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word, by listening to your word. That's how I break that cycle. That's how the, how the bondage is broken. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It leads me out of this cycle of bondage. Depending on God's wisdom also frees me from unfulfillment. You know that God meant for you to be, to be uh, fruitful, for your life to matter. You know, I hear this over and over. I say this. I want my life to matter. I want to leave a mark in this world. I don't want the only record of my existence to have been a pile of paychecks I earned. God meant that for you. God meant for you to be experiencing fulfillment. And fulfillment doesn't come from how much you can amass of your, of your own material treasure. Most of you figured that out, and if you haven't, you will pretty soon. <laughs> fulfillment comes when you find yourself um, living out your divine destiny. All those people that stood up here earlier that are on their way to Nicaragua to serve the Lord, it's cost them a lot of money. Time off of work. To, it's costing them material things. Can I tell you when they get back? In fact, even if you asked them even now, they could care less about what it cost them because of the experience of being used by God. So much greater than any worldly material possession. We live, we, we, part of us, the deepest part of us, we know we were meant for much more, so much more. So, Depending on God's wisdom frees me. And here's how. The Bible says in Psalm 1, the very first Psalm, verses 1 through 3, that when we walk in the, uh, in the counsel of God, when we live, when we abide in the logos of God, I'll be like a tree. We will be like trees planted by the rivers of water plugged into a source of life that will produce its fruit in its season. Our leaves won't wither. They'll always they'll be evergreen. Fruitfulness is wrapped up in, my, my, in everything about my life when I am abiding in God, when I am dependent upon Him, when I do what He says, when I, say, when I do what He's doing and say what He says. Uh, depending on God's wisdom also frees me from um, insignificance. I think a lot of us think of ourselves as uh, not having uh, any value. That, you know, if I am saved and on my way to heaven, it's because I just got swept up in the crowd. You know, that God just threw out a wide enough net that he caught me as well. And I'm grateful for it, but, you know, there's no specificity about it. Can I tell you it's true? I, I realize that it's kind of a sloganistic thing and you've probably heard it said before, but it's nonetheless true. Were you the only sinner in this world throughout all human history? Jesus would have died on the cross for you. 
you are significant to him. He knows you and loves you. Psalm 139 verse 16 says that when you were being shaped in your mother's womb, when you were yet unformed, your whole story was written. God had written your whole story. He was in so invested in you in your embryonic state that he was recording your life's future. That's pretty cool. And First Timothy, or excuse me, Philippians 1, 6 says, you can be confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. So depending on God's wisdom frees me from bondage, unfulfillment, and insignificance. And then I want to talk to you about a third kind of category of dependence uh, on God. Uh, that we get to depend on God's power. When I plant myself, when I abide in the, the truth of God's power, it frees me from selfishness. Living a self-focused or selfish life is, is so, so unrewarding, so unfulfilling, so destructive and disturbing. But it's, it's the default position for from, from most people because we don't believe in the power of God. We think we have to do it ourselves. We have to make our own way. We have to provide our own needs. It's all to me. And that's part of this whole independence equals freedom deal. Look, we have been invited to, to rest on the fact that we have an all-powerful God who holds me in his hands. If I believe that, how, how in the world can I, I be selfish? We, we know Philippians 4.19. We've heard it said, we've quoted it many times. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Great verse, I love it. And uh, count on it. But you know that that verse about God supplying all my need according to his riches and glory, as true and as wonderful as it is, is set in the context of Paul talking to the uh, people of Philippi about how they have uh, supported him materially in his ministry. He's talking to people who have decided that they don't have to hold on to what they got. When they loose, loosen their hold on their material things, they find a place of freedom and rest in, the trust in, the, in trusting in the power of God where Paul says, my God will supply all your need. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Let go of that. Let go of that white-knuckled grip you have on your life. Let go. And it's in that context where Paul says, hey, I can have it's the same passage. I can have everything. I can have nothing. My bank account can be full. It can be empty. doesn't matter. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I trust in, I am depending upon the power of God. It frees me from self-centered, self-focused, selfish life. Depending on God's power also frees me from doubt. From doubt. My God is powerful. And Matthew 19, verse 26 says, with, with men, this is impossible. 
with men, this verdict is final. With men, this diagnosis is the end of the story. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. You've heard the story plenty, but I'll say it again. When they tell your wife that she has to get her things in order and get prepared to go on hospice care because her life is going to be um, taken by this cancer that's over, that has um, reasserted itself, they can cut her, cut her open and find nothing there. Because with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. And being convinced, Romans 4.21 says, and being convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And then one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, 2 Timothy 1.12. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he's able. I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded he's able. Depending on God's power finally frees me from fear as well. Fear. The Bible says, and we'll read it, or I'll quote it to you in a minute. The Bible tells us that fear is rooted in um, the fear of death. That most fears, whatever it's, you know, I have a fear of, I shouldn't admit this because I don't know what you'll think of me, but... I guess that doesn't matter because you already think what you're going to think of me. <laughs> but I have this fear of heights over water. And, and that's not even true. Heights, I'm afraid of bridges over water. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and I live in a place where I have to cross a bridge just about every day to get <laughs> to or from something. And I don't, in fact, I live on an island. I can't leave my home without crossing a bridge. I think there's something of God's intentionality about that, don't you? I don't know where it came from, but I remember when I first, when I first encountered it, we had people come and visiting us from out of town when we first moved to San Francisco or to the Bay Area here, and we took them to San Francisco to walk the Golden Gate Bridge. And so I'm, I'm heading out across the bridge, and when we got past the, um, you know, the anchorage, and now you're out over water, I had this incredible panic attack that just came over me. First time in my life, I actually got down on all fours and crawled my way back to the, to the landing. And ever since then, I have this battle. Get me out of the Benicia Bridge, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm breathing deep, keeping my eyes on the road. I'm not looking at the, you know. Uh, Let me pray for you. <laughs> I don't know what kind of fears you have. Are you afraid you're going to lose your job? Are you afraid you're not going to find one? Are you afraid you're not going to be able to pay your rent? I don't know what your fears are. Are you afraid you're going to, you know, a loved one's going to pass away? I don't know. Whatever the fear is, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, that it's rooted in a fear of death. That Jesus came to free us from. He came to release us from the bondage of the fear of death. And that covers every kind of fear. 
1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, O death, where's your sting? O grave or Hades, where's your victory? 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I have nothing to be afraid of. I tell myself that frequently when I'm on the bridge. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Whatever it is that you are dealing with, dear ones, the power, the wisdom, the love of God can be counted on. It can be depended upon. And when you do, that truth will set you free. This is recording number 11111 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, June 29, 2014. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Freedom is in Dependence.